0: um, I actually have some things for you just in case, because none of you know me, and I don't have a book, and every other seminar you go to, they're like, here's my book. I don't have that, because I'm a youth pastor. So, I have a t-shirt. Who wants a t-shirt? Here you go. Here's sure. Here. I have two CDs, too. Who wants a CD? Who wants a CD? Who wants a oh, dude, they totally stole that from me. Who else wants another CD? All right, see if I can get in the back. Oh, I got mad frisbee skills, just so you know. Hey, <laughs> the iPad is not a free gift. So, um, my name is Nate Durinsky. I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, part of my youth group's here. Um, so, the, the switch, I promise I would, where's the switch at? Okay. All right. They haven't had their medication this morning either, so don't worry. They'll calm down later. So, um. let's pray, and then I want to jump right into talking. talk, and I'm going to talk really, really fast. Is that okay? Yes. I kind of talk fast anyway, So, and I have a ton of stuff to get through. So God in heaven, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you, God, just like Charlie Hall was singing earlier, God, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. God, we pray right now, God, that I would speak your words, God. They wouldn't be mine. But God, words of life would come through me by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, and you would change hearts and lives this morning. God, I pray there's not one of my own words, God, but they're all yours. We love you and we praise you. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So, we live in this crazy world, don't we? I mean, how many of you guys are just, it's, wherever you live, who lives the farthest away? Who lives the farthest away from Colorado? Where do you live? Where? California? Does anyone live farther away than Cincinnati? Tennessee? Ooh, that's good. So we, one thing's the same no matter where we live in the entire across the country. People want us to buy stuff, don't they? You ever notice that? Everyone wants you to buy something. So who's a Coke drinker? Who's a Pepsi drinker? Okay, I want, to, I want to do something. I want to, I want to do something just so you know how I work. I'm a youth pastor, so I'm a little ADD. And what I like you to do in response is I like it to be loud. That helps me, okay? So anytime I ask a question, there you go. Anytime I ask a question, you don't have to raise your hand. This isn't like normal church. This is you can yell in response and tell me this is indeed what you like. So who likes Pepsi? Who likes Coke? Okay. Uh, see, I knew you were smart. I knew you were smart. Who likes to go to American Eagle? Who likes to go to Hollister? Who likes... Uh, who likes PCs? You are all lying. Who likes Mac? I told you, you're all smart. But what happens is, I think, you know, people want us to buy stuff. They want us to spend our money, but I think... What At the core of what they're trying to do is something more than just get us to spend some money. You know, I think they want us eventually to be so wrapped up in a product, so wrapped up in a thing that kind of becomes part of our identity. You know, I have um, spiky hair. My wife just tells me how to get my hair cut. And I'm like, is that cool? She's like, yes. And I say, okay. I, I tell, I want you to cut my hair like this. And they do that. It's kind of become part of, you know, I have spiky weird hair, you know. Um, I drink Coke. If I drink a pop, it's going to be a Coke. I like Coke. I am an avid Starbucks drinker. I love coffee. It's what Jesus drinks. So I walk around with a Starbucks cup a lot. It kind of becomes who I am, you know. I know their coffee place really is, is really good. And it just comes because of who I am, part of my identity, that I'm this, that I'm 27 years old, and I still can't grow a beard, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, I'm, I'm married, I'm white, I'm Polish, so I can't dance the dust off any floor, and it's bad. And I have all these things, and they kind of become who I am, they kind of roll into my identity, and all of a sudden, who I am is based on all of these external things. It kind of becomes based on the clothes that I wear, the way that I dress, the way that I talk, where I'm from, where I eat, what kind of computer I use, what do I drink, all of these other things. And most of them, what we'll find out is actually they're not bad things. Coffee is good. But if it becomes part of my identity, then all of a sudden something's something's warped there, something's wrong in that situation. Good things start to form our identity. Bad things start to form our identity. And all of a sudden, we become these external things instead of who God created us to be. You know, we turn into the, I'm the American eagle wearing, kidoba eating, Starbucks drinking person or I'm the I'm the guitar playing girl who sings on the worship team at my youth group or I'm I'm the guy who does this or I'm the girl who doesn't do that or I'm I'm the I'm the scene kid or I'm the emo girl or I'm I'm this or I'm that or I'm the skater I'm the funny jock I'm the mean jock I'm the smart jock who doesn't want anyone to know I'm really smart and you're all of these things and they just kind of become who you are and there's someone who came into the life of Jesus, who interacted with Jesus, and I, I believe with all my heart, had the same exact thing happen to them. So if you've got your Bible, let's jump into Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And he was setting out on his journey. This is Jesus. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept for my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, this is, this is a parable. This is it's actually, it's not a parable. It's actually an actual interaction Jesus had on this earth. And it's actually found in three other of the Gospels, also found in Matthew and in Luke. And as you read the parallel accounts of this interaction, this, this passage of the scripture, you learn a little bit more about this guy. They all give you different, different pieces of this puzzle of who this guy was. And you start to learn three things. You start to learn a few things about him. You learn that, excuse me, he was young, he was rich, and he was a ruler. You learn that he was a young, rich ruler, but here's the thing, here's the thing that kind of confused me, kind of tripped me up as I was reading this and praying about this, is that you never know his name. You never find out this guy's name. He's a rich, young ruler. You think he would be important enough to have a name in the Bible because Jesus, there's so many people he interacted with have their names in the Bible, right? I mean, think about it. Think about the important people Jesus interacted with. Nicodemus. He's in the Bible. His name is mentioned. Jairus, Joseph of Arimathea, Sapphias the high priest, Herod, Pontius Pilate, all these people, really important people, really rulers of nations and people all had their names in the Bible. And if that's not enough, even people who really weren't important, weren't powerful people, have their names mentioned. Blind Bart. You guys know the story? Mary Magdalene and his sister Martha. Lazarus. Lazarus, all these people, powerful people, not powerful people, all these people have their names mentioned, but here's this young, rich ruler whose name isn't mentioned once. Why? I believe that this guy's identity, all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, became rich, young ruler. That's where his identity was founded in. It wasn't... His name, it wasn't some other thing. It wasn't that he was Jewish. It wasn't that he did this. It wasn't that he kept the commandments. It wasn't any of those things, but that he was rich, young, and a ruler. He got his identity because of these exterior things. He became the funny jock with a nice car. He became the worship leading Girl. He became the Hollister wearing preppy. He became the external things. He became these things that in the light of eternity really didn't matter, they were just external. He did. And the problem with that is that the problem is when we start forming our identity around those things, it kind of leads in one of two directions. It kind of leads only in two paths. Either you get really, really proud. Because what you do is your identity is formed in the fact that you play drums. So what happens is when you play drums, you're either better than that person. So you get really, really excited. You're like, dude, I can smoke them. They can't do that like me. Have you seen me play drums? Or all of a sudden you're like, dude, I'm terrible. And you completely despair. I'm not as good as they are. I'm never going to be as good as what they are. I'm never going to measure up to what they're doing. Or you're the girl who's, you know, you just, why can't I be as pretty as that other girl? Why can't I look like them? Why can't my hair be curly? Why can't my hair be straight? Why can't I be skinnier? Why can't I be bigger? Why can't I be this? Why can't I be that? And you're just, just you're just in this place of despair. You're just heartbroken because you can't measure up to these external things that you're trying to form your identity in, or you're the other side. They're not they're not as pretty as me. They're not they're not as good looking as me. Their hair's not as nice as mine. Their clothes aren't as cool as mine. The guys you can't you can't do the trick on the skateboard I can do. You can't throw a football as far as I can. You can't shoot a basketball like I can. You can't throw a baseball as hard as I can. Or I'm never going to be able to do that like you. And all of a sudden, we're in this cycle of, oh, I'm really proud. I'm I'm better than this person. Or, wow, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm nowhere near as good as this person. And there's this vicious cycle that tries to form our identity in all of these other things. You're this kid, or you're that kid, or you're this boy, you're this girl, you're this or that or the other. But there's another way. That's not how God created you. That's not the way God formed and fashioned you to find your identity. I want to show you this. It's in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Most of you have heard this before. And then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all of the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. I want you to get this, that God created you. In his image. And that's one of those church things. That's one of those church things that growing up we've heard so many times. That I'm, oh, I'm, God made me in his image. God did this. God did that. Oh, I'm made in the image. He formed and fashioned me in my mother's womb. And, ew, I don't want to think about that one. But he did it. That's what he did. He, you know, I know I'm an image. I know it. I got it. And we brush over this truth, this, this flooring truth, because it's something that we have this canned Christian answer for. But I want you to stop. I want you to close your eyes just for one second. Just close your eyes. And I want, you to, I want, I want this to sink in. I want the weight of this to sink in. You were created in the image of God. You bear, you guys can open your eyes now. You bear God's image to the world. That's what you do. You're an image bearer of God. So it doesn't matter if I'm 27 and can't grow a beard. I bear God's image. I'm kind of upset about that if you haven't noticed. (laughs) I bear God's image to the world. That's who I am. I'm not the 27-year-old youth pastor who has a really hot wife. It's not who I am. It's all true, and it's all awesome, and I love it, and she's going to punch me later for telling you that. But it's, that's not where my identity is founded in. There are things about my life that I love. They are. And you have things about your life that you love, too, that you're, you're good at music, or you're good at baseball, or you're good at basketball, or you're good at singing, or you're good at this or that, or whatever. They're good things. But that's not where my value becomes because eventually those things will change. Those things will either be out of my life or change in my life. And then all of a sudden my value, my self-worth changes. And I feel different about myself because somehow I'm not measuring up to this thing that I found my identity in. But instead, if I say I am an image bearer of God, so for the rest of my life, I'm going to reflect his image to the world. I walk around differently. I'm not proud. I'm not haughty. I'm not puffed up because I think I'm better than you. Because you know what? You bear God's image So so as i look around i don't see courtland over here who's just a maniac i see an image bearer of god i don't see you know a polo wearing guy over there sorry i don't know your name and i see an image bearer of god so then i don't think that somehow i'm better or worse than these other people all of a sudden i look and i say he is bearing god's image. He's reflecting an image of God to the world. And it's incredible. It's incredible. But what happens is, is, as we reflect God's image, it's like a mirror. You guys look in the mirrors, right? You guys, I know it's Friday of desperation. Some of you are like, I just want to go back to sleep. So maybe you didn't today, but you. most of us look in a mirror in the morning. We look in a mirror, and all of a sudden, If I look in a mirror, I can tell you what you look like. If I don't even look at you at all, but I see you in a mirror, I can tell you what you look like, right? I can say, you're a brunette. You have blonde hair. You have brown hair. You have black hair. You have white hair. You have no hair. I can say that. I can tell you what you look like as I see you in the mirror, right? That's what we do for God. God. We reflect His image to a world that doesn't have His image. It's broken, it's sinful, it's destroyed, it's corrupted by sin. So as God's image bears, we reflect His image so that the world we live in can see what God looks like because we bear His image to them. But as we start to live our lives on these external things, these things that don't really matter, if you shop at American Eagle or or Hollister or wherever, It's like taking paint. It's like taking paint over that mirror and you're just covering up part of that image that God has created you to reflect. So all of a sudden, the image of God that you bear becomes distorted. It becomes warped. It doesn't become as clear because you're not showing a clear reflection of his image. You're showing this half reflection, this partial reflection, this reflection that is kind of clear, kind of not clear, and what happens in those moments, that's, that's why we feel like sometimes as high school kids, as junior hires, that man, you're doing really great one day, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, the world's falling apart, and then you go back, and you're like, wow, I'm doing really, really good today, this is awesome, what's happening in those moments is you're probably looking to external things to find your worth. We we believe in the vow. I love the desperation vow. I love it. But whether or not you, every single day of your life, always measure up 100% to that desperation vow doesn't change your worth. If one day, if you're going on a terror, you read your Bible every single day, then one day you don't read your Bible and all of a sudden you're just crushed, you're distraught. I'm like, I'm not even a Christian anymore. What? There's something wrong with me then you're looking to something else to find your identity. If you look at all the mission trips you go on or all the great things that you do or I'm the kid who goes on every single mission trip my youth pastor will take me on, I'm the kid who does this, I am at the church every time the doors open, I love it. If you're that kid and all of a sudden something happens and you can't go, all of a sudden you can't be there, something in your life changes. And all of a sudden you freak out, you despair, and you're just like, what is my life anymore? Maybe you're finding your image and your worth based on external things. I love that God that we serve is infinite. He is without end. I love it. The Bible says that he literally stretched out his hands and measured the universe's. I love that. The God that we serve is infinite. He is so far beyond our imaginations, our mind. He is it is just crazy to even think about. And because he is infinite, the image we bear is infinite. So all of a sudden our worth becomes priceless every single one of us has infinite worth because we bear the image of an infinite God to this world. Some of you, you've walked around and your worth has been, so focused on these external things you've lived this life and you, and you've lived on this and you've always felt that somehow you're not worth it that somehow you're not good enough that you haven't measured up that you're you've been too bad you've done too too many things wrong that that you're worthless that there's something wrong with you you need to know you're priceless Your value is so beyond your own imagination and your own thoughts because you are looking at yourself by these external things. You have to start looking at yourself as an image bearer of God, someone who bears and reflects his image to the world. What what's that look like? When I say an image bearer, what does it mean to bear God's image? What does it mean to say, I'm going to bear his image to the world. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to believe it. I'm going I'm to try and do this. I'm going to try and take that paint that I've had on, on the mirror. I'm going to try and wipe it off so that you can see that reflection. But what, what does it look like? What's it, what's it feel like? What does it mean? It's simple. Our God is a God of love. We bear love to the world. Those people around us, the kids at your lunch rooms who sit by themselves. We bear his love. We love those people. We go and we show them the love of God because to reflect his image is to reflect love into our world. We reflect love. Love to the hurting, to the broken, to the people who have never felt true love because they've always looked at the exterior too. And everyone they're surrounded with looks at the exterior to where you don't look right, you don't dress right, you don't smell right, you don't get your hair cut right, you don't do this right, you're weird, you're dumb, you're all these things. And all of a sudden, everyone is pointing to the external. So then when someone comes up and says, I'm going to love you because you bear God's image too. You will change that person's life. You bear love to the world. You bear joy to the world. This world is a darkened and broken place. Any one of you who walked down a a hallway at your school can tell me that. The people who stand out are the people who bear joy to darkness, to the brokenhearted, They bring joy to the life. Why? Because God is a God of joy. He is joy. He is. It's part of his attributes. It's part of his character. It's part of his nature. God is joy. So we bear joy to a world that is brokenhearted. And all of a sudden, the image of God is being reflected off of us. It's being transforming the world we live in because we're bearing and reflecting his image. We bear peace to this world. God is a God of of peace. He, He loves to reconcile. He loves to bring reconciliation to the world, especially through his son, Christ Jesus. So if we bring peace to the world, we bring reconciliation to the people who need Jesus Christ. We bring them and we show them that there is a God who loves them and cherishes them and wants to bring them into a right relationship with him because that's who he is. We bear his peace. We bear his justice to the world. God is a God of justice. That's why it breaks God's hearts. That's why it's important to to get involved and to do things, whatever it is whether it's standing up for the kid who always gets picked on at school, whether it's giving all of your money away to stop sex trafficking, whatever it is, we bear his justice. God is a God of justice. God is a God who wants to see people stand up for the people who are being abused and mistreated. And that goes everywhere from the third world countries to orphans and widows to the people in your school who are just being picked on all of the time. I've seen this happen with kids in our youth group that there'll be a kid who just gets picked on at school. And it moves them. They're like, man, I hate it when this happens. This, it's, it's not right. But what would happen if when people are making fun of them, you just simply, it's not cool, and walked away? What would happen if you start bearing God's justice the world, to your actual world, your practical everyday world, when when your little brother or sister is being an idiot because little brothers and sisters always are. So what happens if all of a sudden, if instead of just piling it on with your other siblings, you said, you know what, we shouldn't pick on them so much, and walked away, chances are they would actually start picking on you, but it's still true. What would happen if we decided we are going to bear God's image to the world we live in wholeheartedly? We jumped in and said, "We are God's image bearers." Let's wipe away all these things. You have things in your life that you are like this. Is this is part of me? You have your own insecurities. Whether you think you're too skinny, too big, too tall, too short, too redheaded, too blonde, too brunette, your hair's too curly, it's too straight. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You can't throw a baseball hard enough or a football far enough. You can't can't dance good enough because you got the Polish gene in you too. What would what would happen? If in the mirror of our life, that we're reflecting God's image, if we all chose and we all decided that this morning, right now, at 11.45, we'd just start to wipe away at that mirror. We'd start to wipe away those things that cover up God's image. What would happen to us? What would we do? What would the rest of our lives look like if we walked around as an image bearer of God instead of an image bearer of Coke or an image bearer for Apple or an image bearer for Hollister or American Eagle or Old Navy or Target or wherever you shop? I don't even know. What would happen? What would happen when we just started wiping that slate clean? We wiped that mirror clean. We just took every single one of those things and wiped them off. And we found our identity. We found all of who we are and the fact in the truth that we were created in the image of God. We bear his image to the world. What would it look like? Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, our lives would look differently than they do now. I think we'd spend our money differently than we do now. We wouldn't spend hundreds of dollars in iTunes a month just trying to find the latest band so that we can be the people who always finds the band first. I don't think we'd spend hundreds of dollars in the movies each week or month so that we could be the person who saw that movie first. We'd stop buying clothes after clothes after clothes after clothes because we no longer need to be the person who's dressed the best all the time to get our self-worth. We'd stop obsessing in the weight room or the gym trying to be the biggest, the fastest, the best. All of those exterior things, and they're not all bad. They're not all bad things. But most of the time, Most of the time, it's always going to be a good thing that takes you away from a God thing. It's never going to be this terrible opportunity that looks awful, that's going to, you know, you're going to fall in this trap of sin and you're going to just all of a sudden one day just be off on this other thing that pulls you away from God. Chances are it's going to be really, really good opportunities, really, really good things that can happen in your life that. Slowly pull you away off of God's plan and purpose for your life. Let's 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 wipe away the good things so we can be focused on the god things. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. I just want you to just make this a holy moment with you and God. Just between yourself and God. Because I know as I spoke, things pop in, your, pop in our minds. They, they come into our mind. And, we're, and these things, these issues of our lives, maybe it's an insecurity that you have. Maybe it's a, a, a thing that you spend all of your money on so that you can be this person or that person. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you find your identity in a relationship That's why you always have to have boyfriend after boyfriend or girlfriend after girlfriend. It's because you're finding your identity in another person. I want you to think of those things. Think of that thing in your mind. That's where you're getting your identity. That's where you're getting your worth. This is your mind. This is a sign of just, of wiping this clean. I just want you to take, and I just want you, just in your own mind, you don't have to actually do this, but I just want you to take, and I just want you to pretend like you're wiping away that mirror. You're just wiping away those things. You're cleaning them out of your life. Just in your own mind, just start start wiping away. Just start cleaning that mirror of God's reflection off so that you are clean now. You're clear now. You can bear God's image truly and purely now. I'm gonna challenge you as you guys can open your eyes again. I want to challenge you right now. I challenge you as you wipe that slate clean, as you wipe that mirror clean, and now you, spiritually you say, I'm going to reflect God's image to the world. I want to challenge you. I just don't want you to feel good about yourself and then leave. I want to challenge you. I want you to know how to maintain that image. Are you ready? This is going to be, you need to brace yourself for this revelation right here. This is going to be awesome. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, dude, he's the Not really. You ready for this? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. How are you going to know what God thinks about you if you don't know what he says about you and what he's already said about you? How do you know that you were fearfully and wonderfully created if you don't read that in the Bible? How do you know that you were not that you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb if you don't take the time to read it in the Bible? How do you know that you reflect God's image if you don't read it in the Bible? How do you know that you are blessed in the country, that you're blessed in the city, that you're blessed in the highway and the byway if you don't read that in the Bible? How do you know that? How do you know that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony because we haven't loved our lives to the death how do you know that? If you don't take the time to read it in your Bible, the Bible will always say exactly who you are. That's why James in 1, chapter 1, verse 22, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, because if you're hear only, anyone who's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and he goes away and forget once forgets what he was like. You look in this mirror, you look at it, but then all of a sudden, you like, you just forgot who you are. You forgot what shirt you were wearing. But as you look into his word, all of a sudden, you, you see who you are. You see who God created you to be. You see what God has called you to be. As sons and daughters of God, you see that. And that reflection starts to take root in your heart. So all of a sudden, when someone comes along and says, I can do better than that. You're like, congratulations. Awesome. I can, I can throw a football farther than you can. Cool, do it. <laughs> Happy birthday. I don't know what do you can tell you. <laughs> the, oh, you shopped there? Yeah, it was on clearance. You should go sometime. Uh-huh. I'm an avid clearance shopper, by the way. You start to reflect God's image. You don't care when all these other people start pouring their external things on you because so many people have nothing but external things that they get their worth from. And we have something eternal. We have something priceless. We have something so valuable to gain our worth from. Why do we cheapen it? Why do we, why do we just blow it away and try to do what's cheap and, and temporary? Let's get our value from the priceless. Let's get our value from the infinite. Let's get our value from the one who created us as an image bearer of God, as someone who reflects his image. Can we do that? I wanna pray for you and then we'll get out of here. God, I thank you so much, God, God, that you created us to bear your image, God, that our worth comes from you. And I pray right now for every heart in this room, every student, God, every son and every daughter, Lord God, God, that they would find their worth in you, Lord Jesus. God, that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would wipe away that mirror, God. You'd wipe it clean, God, so they can see your reflection. God, that you would empower them, God, to not go back, to not go back to the way they've the way things were in their own life, God, the the motives that they had, or God, the the exterior things that they were finding their worth off of, God. And I pray that you would just strengthen them in those moments, God, when people try to dump their own baggage on them. God, that you'd give them the strength to stand in that moment, God, because they know, God, they know that they know that they know that they know, God, in the heart in the core in the center of who they are. God, that they bear your image. And because of that, God, the priceless, because of that, God, they are worthy to be called sons and daughters of God. And I pray for that right now, Jesus. God, move in our hearts today, God. And everybody said,